seashells by the seashore. That's a good one. These are hard. Do you know another one? No. Unique New York. I just said that. Do it again. Unique New York. Hey guys, happy Labor Day. <laughs> Ash and I are here practicing our microphone Sp- skills. Speeches. Speeching. Talking. Yeah. Yeah. It is uh, Monday, and uh, we're doing the podcast thing again, so thanks for tuning in, those of you who are... There's something in my drink, or my straw. Is it a pube? No. It's like a little piece of wood. Mm. Our poor boy, Porter was holding him at some point, and I look over and he's like... (laughs) (laughs) Trying to get this thing out of his mouth, I'm like, oh god, he ate something. Nope, it's just like a puby beard hair that <laughs> was stuck in Wild's mouth. It was a white one, too. Yeah. I feel like we're always pulling out like some of my gray or white beard hairs out of his mouth. It's usually the dog. It's yeah. very often, I mean, very seldom, um, your hair that's being pulled out of his mouth. I feel like when it is, though, it's a, a gray one. I don't feel like I've ever pulled your hair out of his mouth before. All right, well, agree to disagree. Okay. So. Doesn't mean you haven't. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. God, words are hard today. <laughs> Guys, welcome to episode... 19. Is it? Uh, Shit. Eight, no, 18. 18. 19th week. We talked about yeah, this last week. I know. 19th week. I just blogged about it. I should know. Yeah. Episode 18. And that blog you can find at <laughs> www.saltybeauty.com. Um, yeah, so episode 18... And this is kind of a big weekend for us because not only is it Labor Day weekend, which I guess for a lot of people like signifies that the end of summer, right? That summer yeah. is over. Um, well, the, the last hoorah of summer. The yeah, the last hoorah of summer. Weekend and- um, most everyone is back to school by now. But also, so not only Labor Day, but it is also our anniversary weekend, Woo-hoo. bitches. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday. It's always weird to say like tomorrow and today because by the time people listen, it's not yeah not tomorrow, tomorrow anymore. So Tuesday, September fifth, fourth, fourth. <laughs> I didn't know what day it was. I just knew it was the day after Labor Day. Um, it's not always the day after Labor Day. Really? Because Labor Day is just the first Monday. Of... Oh, so we could have an anniversary that actually falls on Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Wow! In like six more years or something. Mind bomb. Yeah, mind bomb. We were super original and got married on Labor Day weekend. Yeah, with the rest of the fucking world, apparently. Like everybody in the goddamn My whole Instagram is. feed is, oh my God, it's our anniversary. <laughs> we're staying here for anniversary. Yay, anniversary. But, you know, it was good at the time. It was good. It's fine. It, yeah. <laughs> it was good at the time. But I mean, like, you at know, the when time. when we did it, it was fine. <laughs> now, less so. But at the time... I guess I just didn't realize how many people were married over Labor Day until after we got married. Yeah. Which, like, I don't, I wouldn't change when we got married. Right. Like, I'd like that it's over Labor Day. It's always, like, we get a day off work to celebrate our anniversary. Yeah, like, the whole world celebrates our anniversary. Yeah. Well, I mean, the United States. Yeah. And apparently some places do fireworks, which I thought yeah, was weird. Yeah, I've seen that a lot on my, my social feeds. Yeah. A lot of people in other places doing fireworks this weekend, which I don't understand. Maybe there's like fairs, but I thought the fairs were kind of all over. Yeah. 
with summer with the end of summer it could just be like a coincidence of like state fairs because a girl i follow lives in wisconsin 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 and she went to the Wisconsin State Fair, and they had. I'm assuming they would have fireworks. Yeah, maybe not. I don't oh. fucking know. Hey, speaking of Wisconsin, guys, now that we are in the month of September, we are headed to Wisconsin on the 28th of September. So, if you know things to do in the small towns of Appleton and or Green Bay, Wisconsin, totally hit us up if there's places that eat. Wisconsin. And you should that you'd recommend things to check out. We're gonna be there for a football game on Sunday, but we've got Saturday, all of Saturday and some of Sunday to play yeah. and kind of see some shit. Friday night and Monday morning are pretty much just travel time. So you're totally like downplaying this. You're like, oh, we're just gonna go see a little football game. Well, I'm just gonna go see the thing. Well, no, I didn't want to be like all like bragging about it and i'll brag about it fine i just was looking for things to do like hey we're gonna be in wisconsin we're gonna be in, in wisconsin, Appleton, green bay in green bay so we're gonna go see the fucking green bay packers. The packers lambo yeah bucket list for me ash if you guys don't know is a big cheese head i am i'm uh, gonna buy a cheese head while we're there oh hell yeah i'm gonna wear the shit out of it i hope aaron Rodgers impregnates you while we're there oh me too oh my god i hope he puts a baby in you yeah he can I try. Know. I don't know how we'd like manage to get access to him and like have you seduce him, but yeah, I don't know. No, I would totally be down for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not gonna hold. Oh, that's the thing that was chirping. Porter has a squirrel. Porter put a God. <laughs> Porter put a what do they call it? Smoke, Smoke detector on our. It's been sitting on our table, and I'm like, uh, does this need to go somewhere? <laughs> And he's like, oh, I put batteries in it. I just needed to put it back up. And I've been trying to figure out where it is because the one in our kitchen is still there. Yeah. And I'm in our basement and I just happened to look up and see, oh, there's wires hanging out of our <laughs> ceiling right there. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hang that up eventually. Um, anyway, so we're going to go see a football game. So, yeah, if you guys know things to do in Appleton and Green Bay. Where to eat. If there's like... Something like touristy, like you have to see, like yeah. Oh, I'm so down for touristy shit. I love touristy shit. I know you do. Um, Breweries, yeah, or places to eat or drink or museums or whatnot. And I think we're gonna try and record. Are we gonna try and take this thing and and record something from Green Bay? We talked about that. Did we? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. All right. Um, I'm not opposed to it. I just don't remember that conversation. Because technically, we'll be home Monday. Right. Yeah, I guess we could do that as our, our review. Yeah. Record Monday night late and talk about the trip. Um, I was just thinking maybe like while we tailgate, walk around, interview oh, people, yeah. interview okay. cheeseheads and, yeah, and try you and... Yeah, talked about that. Yeah. I don't know if we'll be able to turn it into anything, but we'll at least have the microphones and yeah. try. Is that even appealing to you guys? Like, would you have any interest at all in <laughs> Ash and I trying to walk around... Uh, a tailgating at a Green Bay football game and talk to, to Green Bay fans and interview people. I don't even know what kind of questions we'd ask. Like, what I don't even know if people? I would be able to like physically do that. I feel like I would be drunk? embarrassed. Oh, no, nah, dude, we'll be good. We'll, yeah. we'll do it. Um, if that's interesting to you, let us know. Um, if you're like, oh, God, no, that sounds awful. Please don't, don't play that. Don't record that and don't <laughs> subject us to listening to that bullshit. Uh, let us know that as well. So... Anyway, I hope you guys are having a fantastic Labor Day. Um, Ash and I had, we went a little, she went to the gym this morning. I did. And we went and did a little bit of shopping up at the, uh, at some outlets up in 
Thanksgiving Point, the do those have a name? Traverse. That's the one. Traverse Ridge, Traverse Mountain, whatever. Mm-hmm. Outlets bought some shit. We are going on a fancy schmancy dinner on Thursday night, and so I bought myself a couple dress shirts to try to pretend to you know spruce myself up for Ash to to get myself ready to you know presentable to go to this fancy schmancy dinner. Yeah, we've never done a fancy dinner before. We have not. We got to go tomorrow. I'm hoping and get Ash some fancy schmancy clothes. Get yeah. her a a dress or something. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know what a ball gown? Is that what you would wear to like a fancy dinner? A fancy steak dinner is a No. A ball gown like you're going to a prom? Mm. Oh, can we get like corsages and the things that go on your wrist and shit? No. No? Mm-mm. Okay. No. No. God you're a party pooper. Ooh, party pooper, huh? Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah we're doing we're that gonna that go Thursday. have a good old expensive ass dinner to yeah. celebrate being uh wed for two years celebrating that we didn't get divorced in yeah. the last last year <laughs> which is uh which is like birthdays like you're celebrating that you didn't die yeah but i mean like two years married i mean especially nowadays that should be like some sort of record it is yeah i don't think anyone's ever done it before obviously people have done it before <laughs> i'm saying nowadays i feel like people These, yeah People just get divorced so fast. Although I, I remember, and this has nothing to do with anything, but I feel like I've read something that says how millennials are placing mm. like more. No, I think it's actually the opposite of what I was going to say. <laughs> I think it's millennials are not getting married. It's not mm. that they're not getting divorced. They just aren't getting married. Yeah, like I think they you told me to. that. I think, yeah, I think we've talked about that on the podcast before. Yeah. So... Um, so Look yeah, tomorrow being all old fashioned and shit. I know, staying married. Yeah. Ash is taking the day off of work tomorrow, and hey, podcat. If you spill my drink, I will fuck you up. Yeah. No, you're don't get a rub his head God, on the mic, douchebag. Um, this is why we need to film it one time. <laughs> I know, so everyone can see podcat up ruining yeah. our lives. Um, so yeah, we're gonna go shopping tomorrow, I guess. Maybe go to the gym together. You know, they say the couple that works out together stays together. I'm going to the gym. I thought we were going to the well, gym. Well, you said after, maybe. No, I said after we drop Bowie off at I daycare, know. you and I could go work out together. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, you don't have you So don't you're have doubting to. my conviction. No, you said maybe we might go to the gym. I may you're just, doubting it. I may just stay home and play Call of Duty, let's be <sighs> honest. Um, Biggest eye roll ever. <laughs> I'm surprised your eyes came back. I, <laughs> you were rolled so far back into your head. I'm surprised they... They managed to come back. <laughs> I don't know how you recovered from that. I feel like I was I'm watching a... like the fucking Exorcist or something <laughs> with your eyes. I'm a professional eye roller. Oh my god! If you could get paid for that. <laughs> oh my god! We would be so fucking rich. The richest ever. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of us. Um, this we're not really talking about this anymore. <laughs> but I should note that our trip to Green Bay. Will be the first time I've ever left wild. Oh, yeah. This is going to be tough. I'm like freaking out about it. And like, it's been one of those things where I've been freaking out about, but it just seems like forever in the future. And now I'm like, holy shit, it's September. Yep. And we leave on the 28th and it's the third. So we're going to have to have some practice sleepovers with your mom, at least one, so that she can. We need to go out someplace so she can spend the night here with the dogs. Yeah. Get used to those bitches. 
and the baby. I don't know why she'd offered to I take the either. dogs. I feel like we should just board them. Um, yeah, Ash's mom is a super, super sweetheart, and she's watching the baby for us, and then we were talking about, oh, shit, we need to uh, res- reserve boarding for the dogs for those nights. She was like, no, just leave the dogs here. I can take care of the dogs. I can take them in and out and stuff. And I was like, uh, I don't know about that. Let's uh, let's put a pin in that. But she was super, super um, committed to it. Like, she, there was no backing down. So, at this point, she's watching our dogs for us, which... And the cat. And the cat. He's God easy though. I mean, he's a needy little shit. Yeah. But so he's easy compared to If anybody to them. listening to this is like, hey, you know what? We have room in our house for two big labs and we would love to have board we, your dogs for you. We don't have nice things. We don't and... have nice things. We don't care about stuff. So your dogs are welcome to stay with us for, for a couple nights. Totally hit us up because it would save us not only some money, but also save us from... Oh my God! God, the you potential hassle of having Ash's mom watch them for us. No, you need to get down. Ash, we get the podcat down. Hmm. Podcat. Um. So, if this is your first time, I don't think we introduced ourselves. If this is your first time listening we to this podcast or our podcast, God, I'm sorry <laughs> that this is this is what you're tuning into. I'm Porter. I'm Ashley, and we are a married couple. And every week we ramble on and on about the ramble on the nuances and some of the shut up ash is a walking talking karaoke machine um some of the things about being married and marriage and family life that i think people don't really talk about as often or as tag you and honestly or as openly as as we'd like to and so that's kind of like the hope with this podcast is to to kind of bring out into light some of the the shit that uh, people try and keep hidden throughout their relationships. Yeah. And so on that, in that vein, we uh, actually want to tell them what we're talking. We didn't, we didn't post anything to Facebook. Um, normally we hit up our, our Facebook community. Like an hour before we record. <laughs> <laughs> um, for suggestions or for topics or for input on our, our, our topic. Um, tonight we did not. No. And it's kind of... I don't want to say like an impromptu, but I feel like we're not. I suggested this idea to Ash, and it was kind of like we just went with it because it's something that's affecting our lives right now, and it's current and it's happening like in real time. And so, I felt like instead of talking around it, we should probably just address it and talk about it in front of everybody and let people in on our our private lives. (laughs) (laughs) That was a goofy ass laugh. Um, sorry, I'm trying to tag you in the instagram story ash is our uh, podcast co-host slash social media manager yep and so she is doing our social media marketing for us <laughs> thanks for laughing at that <laughs> as as we speak right now as opposed to later on at the end of the podcast i'm trying to be relevant all right i need people to know we're recording right this second yeah, I have something to look forward to. They're like, oh, shit, they're recording. I can't wait yeah. to get that <laughs> notification. Oh, I better listen to it. I'm on <laughs> pins and fucking needles. <laughs> um, So we are going to talk about, we kind of talked about um, anxiety. And so with it being September, September is 
Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Right. And I think the last time we did this was in May, which is Mental Health Health Month. Yeah. So one of the, I don't have stats in front of me, but I think the leading cause or one of the leading causes of suicide is mental health. So we are going to talk about depression in this episode. And it's something that both Porter and I share. We are both, have you ever been diagnosed as being depressed? It both runs in our family. I don't know about like clinically diagnosed because I don't know what that would look like. Who would do the diagnosing? Just your doctor. Because like I have... If you were to go... If you were to go to your doctor, which I think you should, I was going to suggest this later in the episode. So you would go just to your I don't primary know what, care physician, yeah, right? The guy who gives you your Adderall, Adderall, right? And you would just be like, "Hey, these are what I'm experiencing." Because as I was trying to do research, and I found a lot of shit articles, and I'm kind of bummed about it, but one of them I was looking at mentioned that there can be like bigger things that have the same symptoms as depression or like depression can be like a side effect yeah. or not a side effect, like a symptom of these other things. And so it is like a good idea to talk to your doctor about and, you know, he can do or she could do questionnaire and find out some mm-hmm. other things. But um, so, yeah, they would be the one to to give you that big old stamp on your forehead, mm-hmm. forehead that says, hi, my name's Porter. I'm clinically depressed. That's a big stamp. Yeah. Why wouldn't it just say depressed? <laughs> Why does it have to have my name on it? I think it'd make more sense to have a stamp that just says depressed Okay. as opposed to, hi, my name is Porter. I'm clinically depressed. <laughs> Here are my symptoms. Like That's a fucking big stamp. I, right. don't, I don't want that stamp on my forehead. Okay. Well, you can get a stamp that just says depressed. <laughs> um, and we, we talked about this before. I don't remember. We, we've hit on mine, mine a little bit, yeah. But we we talked about how... I'll try and find the link and post it in the show notes. So. Yeah. We talked about how um, depression is kind of commonly referred to as like the woman's mm-hmm. problem or disease, or I don't think it's the disease, but uh, the woman's thing. And that's not the case. It's I feel like it's more you know the typical i'm fine mentality of a man like i don't need to go to the doctor i'm fine and i think i remember we talked about that like that mental health in general whether it's anxiety or depression or or anything is more i think men are are less likely to shut up to seek like acknowledge it you know it's just like whatever man i'm fine like i'm tired or whatever and that's my my go-to for anything is i'm tired yeah. And or I'm hungry. Very much downplay your symptoms. Right. Or, which, and it's not just men who do that. Well, like, I think, But traditionally, in my mind at least, men have our... They have a track record of that Are behavior. more likely to refuse treatment. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't need to see someone. Like, it's it's just, it is what it is, or it's fine. Like, I'll get better. Yeah. It's just a momentary thing. It's temporary. I'll work through it. I'll push through it. It's fine. I don't need to go see someone for because, it. Because, like, that... Accepting treatment for anything, whether it's like um, couples counseling or depression or anxiety or anything that's emotionally involved, I feel like to a man, that's 
um, showing a sign of weakness, you know, being that vulnerable. And it's hard to be vulnerable for anyone, but I think men especially because there's this stigma that men are tough and they don't cry and they can handle anything and they have to take all of the weight of their family's issues on their shoulders and so it's well there's very much a bullshit cultural stigma of mental health around mental health anyway of it's it's all in your head it's your choice and we talked about this with your anxiety like just get over it like just get over it just stop yeah you know um i'm having an anxiety attack just get over it you're fine just yeah it's all in your head just just get over it and so between those two things like that kind of like need to be this you know kind of like masculinity need to be tough mm-hmm. but also this cultural stigma as far as like okay if you're depressed you it's just in your head like yeah. you're choosing to be depressed you're yeah. choosing to be anxious and you just need to choose not to be and you'll be fine yeah well and one of our friends had um a panic attack recently and she kind of went public with it and explained her experience and she was you know very open and like willing to admit hey to anyone i've ever said just get over it or i've downplayed you saying you had a panic attack she's like i'm sorry because i had no idea that this is what it's like yeah and i you know people... i think she literally felt like she was having a heart attack or was dying like yeah she, she i'm her post was, was very very honest it was like I was scared shitless. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I thought I was going to die. Mm-hmm. And turns out it was an anxiety attack. Yeah. And she's like, and I have told people in the past, just get over it. You're fine. And, yeah. And she was, you know, very much, I'm sorry. Like, I am 100% apologetic to anybody that I have, have been that way because holy shit, it's for real. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we just wanted to, to kind of talk about what you've been going through lately she means me not you like the listener yes sorry we as in me would like to take the time to interview porter and uh get inside your old noggin yeah see what's in there brains (laughs) stupid (laughs) (laughs) um so when i feel like i've noticed just and i feel like i've been able to notice just because it's something we've both gone through right and even together we've both experienced depression our own depression and then we've experienced our each other being depressed and right. been on the other side so um i feel like i was able to kind of pinpoint not pinpoint but have an idea of what has like brought on this depression with you what like, when do you think you noticed that you were depressed? I know, like, the realization and saying it out loud is one thing, but when do you feel like you first noticed, like, something's off yeah. or you've noticed, like, a significant change in your mood? And That's a really good question. I would say it's been ongoing for a couple of weeks. And, I mean, to kind of back up, because... I can't for the life of me tell a story in like chronological order. Yeah. Between the two of us, I don't know how we ever get anything out in this podcast because we're the shittiest storytellers ever. Two worst communicators living together. Um, So my, my experience with depression, my history with that is, 
has been extremely reluctant to acknowledge that it's that that's what's happening. Um, when I was divorced in my first marriage, in my mind, I was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, in my mind, yeah, I was bummed out, but I wouldn't have ever referred to myself as depressed. And I definitely didn't feel like I ever exhibited symptoms of depression as far as like the stereotypical, like what you think of as a depressed person would show. Um, but in retrospect, talking to people, I think I I was depressed because I remember you you have said so in the past. I've talked to some other friends. Yeah, we talked that, about this a little bit before. Right. Where it's like, no, dude, you were mopey, yeah. depressed. Like you had the typical like dark cloud following uh-huh. you around everywhere. But I don't remember it that way. And and maybe it was because at the time I refused to acknowledge that that was what was going on. And so my memory is, is tainted by that. You remember what you want to remember. Right. And so I think that... Like the sixth sense. Oh, yeah. We just watched that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that what has changed for me with this relationship and especially with since this podcast um is that i'm much more introspective i guess i'm much more willing to look at how i'm feeling what's causing me to feel this way and actually put a label on it and say that i'm maybe i'm not fine or maybe i'm not tired when in the past that's how i would have responded to to these things is like no i'm just tired like yeah i'm going through some shit but ultimately i'm fine yeah um, so I think that, you know, since you and I have, have gotten together and, and have been doing this, I'm much more honest with myself. And, I, and I've and i come to you a couple of times in the past couple of weeks and was like, Ash, I'm depressed. I don't know why and I don't know what caused it, but I I can tell you that I am depressed and it's something that I'm acknowledging and that I'm aware of as opposed to just trying to like sweep it under the rug and being like, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Like, yeah, yeah I'm tired, you know, or I'm not sleeping well at night, but I'm fine. Yeah. Um, well, and that's a big, a big step is being able yeah. to acknowledge and admit not only to yourself, but to other people that, that that's what might be the issue. Right. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, and I, and I feel like I'm getting better at, it. I mean, it's never, never perfect. Um, well, it's still hard. Even like, I feel like me personally, like I'm the, you're the most, bleh, bleh, bleh. are you a vampire? <laughs> I do not say blah, blah, blah. You're the, jokes. <laughs> you are like the one person where I am. I feel like I'm the most comfortable with, like, I could tell you anything and I could say things um, for the most part and like not feel dumb or whatever, Judged. but it's still like, even in that sense, like it's still hard to admit stuff like that or to be that vulnerable. Oh, absolutely. And it's not easy for me because I, I do feel like I fall in line with that stigma. Like we talked about earlier of like culturally, like I, I should be tougher than that, or I shouldn't, you know, being depressed is a sign of weakness as opposed to like a chemical condition that I can't help. You know, I can't control my depression necessarily. Um, Which is funny that you would feel that way because you weren't raised in like a men don't cry household. It wasn't like your dad growing up saying like, quit crying, you pussy, like only girls cry or something. Like you weren't raised in that type of household. Not even a little bit. 
And so, I mean, I, I still get it, but I guess I'm just more surprised that you would still feel well, and the, that especially way. Especially if you compare it to the amount of times that I cry. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't. We've been on a, a sad movie streak lately, just kind of like God, accidentally movies that I pick. Misery loves company, right? <laughs> <laughs> just pick these movies that we watch the trailer and it looks good, and then we both end up fucking sobbing by the yeah. end of the movie. Oh, my God. It's been so bad. Um, so if you need suggestions on movies to cry... <laughs> If you need to have a good cry, there was the Little Prince, but watch the Netflix oh, version. But that wasn't that's like necessarily like show, sad, but it was it was beautiful. Like it is such a good movie. I recommend that to anyone, even if you don't like yeah. animated. It is so goddamn amazing. Yeah, in my mind, it's so good. Everyone needs to watch it. Um, so the Netflix. Little, especially if you're a parent with children, like holy shit, it's, yeah, it's paradigm shifting. Um, so I cried at that. And then we cried at... Um, oh, we watched Room. Room. Oh, that oh, one fucked me up for days. That fucked up Ash, hardcore. Yeah. She, she went and got Wild's baby blanket and slept with it next to her face. Oh, I got weird. She was... I got way weird. Yeah. Apparently, I can't watch movies with kids in them anymore <laughs> after having a kid. And then, <laughs> and then we watched The Book of Love with Jason Sudeikis. Oh, yeah. And uh, Jennifer... No, Jessica Bill oh, yeah. momentarily. And then the... I don't know the girl's name. The she's girl one of the one Lord of the, the daughters in Game of Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones. That's she's it. the one who likes swords. Yeah. Anyway, she Book cuts of Love. Her hair all short, right? Yeah. Yeah. Book of Love, which also like a Netflix original. I yeah, think. I think so too. Really, really good movie. But oh my god, like Ugh, if yeah. you're in the mood to cry, <laughs> check out the Book <laughs> of Love because it just rocked my socks. Anyway. The point is, I guess, coming back full circle now. <laughs> Porter's not scared to cry. I'm not scared to cry. Ash has seen me cry. She knows my breathing when I'm crying. <laughs> I, he does this noise, and I can't like <laughs> do it right now. But it's like he holds his breath, or he <laughs> breathes heavy, or something. <laughs> and, and then we'll look over and make eye contact. She's and, crying, and I'm crying. But it's like that. We're like. It's like a dam that's like holding on by one stick, and then we look at each other, and that's like what breaks the dam open, and then it's just like waterworks from there. Oh, we're we're funny. Um, (laughs) And so, so like with my my depression, don't chew on that podcat. Don't yell into the microphone, bro. (laughs) God, sorry. Our cat likes to chew on cords, and so like the baby monitor cord phone cord all of our phone chargers pretty much anything of any importance now our big expensive microphone yeah cables just has fucking cat teeth through it so part of why i wanted to talk about this and it's weird that would be my choice to like be like hey ash we should get on our podcast and talk about my depression (laughs) um so here's kind of the story behind that and i think that it will help me clarify my thoughts as i explain it to to you guys as well as to Ash. Um, So since losing my job, like at first it was like the greatest thing ever. And I'm still pretty happy with my circumstances being unemployed. I'm still making and have an income coming in for my, my freelance writing. Um, Which if you guys are looking for like a freelance copywriter, someone that you want to like just pay for a month. Hey, hit me up. He's Um, legit. (laughs) Too legit. Not too legit to quit, though. Too legit to get fired. Yeah. <laughs> too legit to get laid off. <laughs> Evidently not. Um, but it, at first, and maybe I was in denial, but it, and it wasn't like a performance thing. It wasn't like somebody came to me and said, hey, you suck at your job, so you're fired. 
And so I, I wasn't like doubting myself necessarily, but in the pro or since then, I have applied for a lot of jobs and have been turned down. I haven't even got an interview with You've any had of them. One except for, well, I've had one company I interviewed twice and I was the one who turned them down. I, yeah. I withdrew my application. Um, it just didn't feel right. Like I think it would have been a great job and a great company, but there were some things in the, the second interview that kind of put me off. And so I just, I withdrew my application, even though I, I think I would have got that job. I think yeah. that they would have hired me. But other than that one company, no one else has even wanted to talk to me, even like a phone interview. Like I haven't had any recruiters or anyone else even being like, hey, let's get on the phone with this guy and fill him out before we bring him in. Like no one, like fucking zero. Mm -hmm. And, but I've been doing okay. I've got some other freelance things coming in. So income wise, we haven't suffered necessarily. Like we haven't had to to change our spending habits and we haven't really done any, our lifestyles have not changed really. Would you agree with that Ash? Yeah. Not like at all. And so it's been fine. Like I've been comfortable. I've been happy ish, but what has come up in my mind in the last couple of weeks has been kind of this. And I just barely within the last couple of days, um, was finally able to put a name to it is kind of this, this identity, or uh, shit. How did I explain it to you? Like a, a loss of identity, I guess, or or kind of like an identity crisis. Yes, an identity crisis. Um, and what I mean by that is like the last time that I felt like I was this depressed or on this level was when I got divorced. But at that time, that was the trigger, right? That was the cause of my depression was this rejection in my marriage. But I was in school to be a teacher. I was in my master's degree. I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was going to school for. And I knew my career. Now I'm happily married. You know, Ash and I, I feel like are in a great place as mm -hmm. far as our relationship goes. We've got this beautiful son, um, Ash and Ellie, since we've we've had that one super difficult podcast that a lot of people, a lot of you guys have commented on. I think Ash and Ellie are better now than they've ever been. Yeah. At least the last weekend that she was over um, was, was fantastic. And so my personal life, things are better now than they have been in a very long time yeah professionally however is where the identity crisis comes in because i quit my job teaching to pursue this career as a copywriter so my my whole point of going to school my whole degree i essentially threw away which it's i mean not literally but well i know but don't get too hung up on that because how many people do you meet that are actually do pursuing a career in the degree that they oh, have like nobody yeah other than like john and darren <laughs> yeah <laughs> um we're both teachers so right that makes sense so i i i went to school and accrued a shitload of student debt um and student loans to be a teacher i did that for a couple years for five teaching years and then decided that i could make more money as a copywriter and that i kind of liked the challenge and so i got bored and i moved on and at that time, I had this job, and I knew what I was doing, right? Like, I felt like I, I, I had a, a goal, and I had achieved that goal when I got this copywriting job. And I was relatively happy for a while at this company. Since then, I was laid off, and nobody else has picked me up, which immediately forces me 
to question my writing ability, my talents, my resume. And now I'm like, holy shit, did I make a huge mistake by leaving teaching? So that that has been a big challenge for me is like, I'm doing this job that I thought I was going to be really, really good at. I thought I was talented in this space. However, nobody has has hired me and nobody has even interviewed me mm-hmm. other than this one company. And so that must be, that must mean I'm not as talented as I thought I was, or I, I have somehow made a mistake. And so I'm now in this space where I've got an income enough to be comfortable, but not guaranteed. Like it's not a full-time income. I don't have any type of, uh, stability yeah with that and so i'm i'm in this crisis this identity crisis of like who am i like what am i doing with my life you know this year i'll be 37 in just a couple weeks oh fuck september this month, this month. birthday oh, month god um that'll be a good time for us to talk about birthdays so i'm in this space i'm almost 37 which is almost 40 which is almost dead oh. <laughs> and and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? And I have found myself over the past couple weeks just sinking further and further into a slump. But I have been hesitant to define it or identify it or label it as depression because, like, I get out of bed. I interact with people. I am. I feel like a good dad. Like, I take care of the baby. And I'm, I'm I wouldn't say, like, happy all the time, but I don't feel like I'm... Like this, sad all like, the time. Eeyore, you yeah. know, where I'm just like this fucking mess and nobody wants to, to talk to me. You know, I, I go to family functions like we had our barbecue today. And I can hang out with people socially. And so all these like stereotypical things of what we, we classify as depression, I have not experienced. And so I have been hesitant to classify myself as depressed. But taking a, a, a greater look at things... Like I would say my sex drive is way down. I would say that my ambition levels are way down. Like I'm sleepier, so I take longer naps. Um, I play Call of Duty more than I probably, than I used to. Even at the beginning of my my unemployment. More than like you have in our entire relationship, yeah. not just marriage. Yeah, I've never played Xbox our entire with any type of consistency ever. Yeah. And even when I was first laid off, it would be like once a week or twice a week and now I'm finding reasons to be on the Xbox every single day. Yeah. Instead of reading or instead of blogging or instead of writing or even working on these freelance jobs that have paid me, I am like, fuck it, I'll do it later. I just wanna take a nap or I just want to play Xbox. And so it's those things that finally like is what set me off to the idea of like, okay, there's something more going on than than just you're tired or than just you're sad from from being laid off there is you, you're not enjoying the activities that you used to I'm not finding satisfaction doing the things that I used to do um, I'm not doing the hobbies that I used to do and I'm talking myself out of doing anything that would challenge me or um, you know, do anything really and that like um is you watch any like antidepressant commercial and that's like the number two thing it's always like 
sadness, and then loss of interest. Yeah. And so there are times when you're so depressed where you don't, not you personally, but just like thinking of like how people classify depression. Like, yeah, you see depressed people as not being able to get out of bed and sleeping all day. Like in Broom, mm-hmm. there was a day she spent all day in bed. Literally, yeah. Or like uh, Sex in the City. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> in the movie, there's a day. Which one? The first one. Okay. There's a day when she spends like an entire day in bed with the curtains drawn. And so, yeah, you people just automatically assume like I'm not depressed because I don't stay in bed all day. But it's so much more than that. Like, I feel like that is an extreme of depression. Like. The loss of interest thing was like the biggest indicator for me that yes, you are depressed. And from from my um, perspective, I think your depression has stemmed since before you got laid off, because I think the better half or the you know the better part of this year, you've been depressed. Yeah, I would. I would. Now that you're saying that, <clears throat> I would agree with you. Like things at work weren't great. And I think that's where it I was stemmed. in a position that I wasn't hired to be in. Yeah. I was never comfortable or secure in my job. I was always kind of worried that I was going to be fired at any moment. Yeah, which isn't comfortable for anyone. No. And so you're constantly walking on eggshells. But just think about um, this job is obviously very lax compared to teaching. Where teaching, you had to be dressed up every day and you took pride and like you liked getting dressed yeah. up and you liked wearing nice clothes, you know, like banana republic clothes and express and things like that yeah, i wore a tie or a bow tie every yeah. day and i you know tried to make some type of like fashion yeah and you had like cool nice shoes and everything so then you go to this new job and they don't have a dress code and so it's like it's nice obviously if you are dressing up every day and then you go to a place that doesn't have a dress code of course you're gonna like be pumped on that and so there would still be a couple days when you would dress like more business casual which got fewer and fewer yeah and then it got as the summer with the with the yeah. summer with the warm it, it up but then since you got so he was hired to be a copywriter and then they um changed his role to learn email automation which in theory could have been a really awesome thing and you did learn a lot of like really good things yeah. that i feel like are very beneficial but it's the whole, oh, like questioning, like, was I not good enough? And that's why you put me in this, like, well, filler position? Like, no, and you're absolutely right. And I hadn't thought about this until you just said it because they hired, they brought over somebody who was already in the company. They told me they didn't need a full time copywriter. But then the moment they moved me out of my position and said, you need to learn this new email marketing. Then they brought over somebody else and made them copywriter. Yeah. And I was like, oh, was I just not doing a good enough job? Right. You know, no. So you're absolutely right. Like, I hadn't thought about that, but no, you're probably spot on. And so you're um, forced to learn this this new thing, which you have know nothing about. But then not only do you not know anything about it, no one in the company knows anything about it. Right. And so it's not like you have a mentor to tell you if you're on the right track or not. You're kind of just shooting in the dark 
hoping that you're doing the right thing. There was change in management where your new leadership wasn't the type of leader that you needed. And and you just barely had wild. Yeah. And so you weren't getting the feedback that you needed or the criticism, like constructive criticism and that feedback. You weren't getting any of it because this new leader was very, uh, like, monotone, I guess. I don't know how to... Yeah, just, he just not wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of input. I yeah. guess just as easiest way. Like I, I don't know like how to to classify the individuals, but you yeah, never knew right. if you just, were. I never knew if I was doing my job well or not. Like I was just there was I would never show like up and just do my my shit and then go home. But it wasn't like this is shitty. Yeah, there was never anything. Yeah, no feedback whatsoever. And so the whole time you're just kind of like it just wasn't it wasn't fulfilling even a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like it could have been like, I feel like if things were different in leadership, it could have been a yeah. world of a difference. Yeah. No, I, I totally but, agree with you. And I think that you're absolutely right in that that kind of kicked off this this mood, right? This, yeah. Because you spell. always had this fear in the back of your head of, did I make a mistake leaving teaching? And I feel like you still like have that thought, not maybe every day, but... I feel like that was kind of your, oh, fuck, did I make a mistake? And I'm already too deep into it. And uh, so then, you know, casual gets even more casual where it's kind of like, I'm just going to wear a hat most days. I'm not going to take the time to do my hair. Um, This was both of us. So because we were kind of both in the same similar situation at work where just this lack of fulfillment and um but we're sleeping in later and later and later some days we're not even waking up until 8 30 yeah when i was teaching i had to be to school at 7 30 and most days now when i was working i wouldn't even get there until like nine yeah at the, at earliest. the earliest sometimes even it would drift past that because we just wouldn't even get out of bed yeah and i mean i was the same way so it's not like we didn't have the other person um, to kind of push us, you know. One person's not waking up at six, and so it's forcing the other person to wake up and, you know, get ready early. But, and so it's that's getting later and later. And then you get laid off, and that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back, where. Not only have you had these fears that you're not good enough, it's kind of like, although they weren't saying we're firing you or we're firing you due to performance, right? you still lost your job. And haven't found anything. Yeah. Which, any no matter who you are or what you do or how good you are at your job, getting laid off fucking sucks. Yeah. And it makes you question everything about yourself and your abilities. And... You and I are both not the most confident per- people. Right. And it's something you've suffered with in your work, especially. Kind of always this question of, am I even like good enough? Who, well, would, who would hire me? I don't well, know what the hell I'm doing. Teaching, like, I wouldn't, there are, despite all of the 
examples or all of the testimony that said otherwise. Or the praise you got. Or the praise. I never once said, I'm a good teacher. I said, I do certain things well, but I am not a good teacher. You know, despite all, any, any anything that any of my students or coworkers or anybody else that I, I would have, that knew me would have said on the contrary, you know, I could never accept that I was a good teacher. And I never believed that. And even now, like even saying I'm a good teacher, like it feels like a lie. Like it feels like it's just me, you know, saying whatever. And, and despite anybody that now in, you know, Ash or any, anybody that I've worked written for that has liked my work, I could never say with a straight face, I am a good copywriter or I'm a good writer or I'm talented. I could never do that ever. And, Maybe it's just the sense of, of of what I was raised in as far as like pride and how you should always like you should avoid it and it's a bad thing and you should never be a proud, you know, prideful person and that it's evil that kind of inhibits me from acknowledging that I'm good at anything. But I don't know where it comes from, but there's something in me that there it is so ingrained that I refuse to believe that I'm good at anything. Yeah. And it makes me sad. I wish I could fix that. I wish you could see what I see and what other people see. But, um, so yeah, I feel like that has a lot of impact in you being depressed and your work and everything. But, um, as far as it like impacting the relationship, it's hard because being someone who has dealt with depression and suffers from depression, I and I feel like a really shitty person saying this, but I know you can't just snap out of it. Or you can't right. just get over it. But there's times when I'll like catch myself being like, "Oh my god!" Like, come on. Yeah. And I, I'll, you know, catch myself again being like, all right, I know. Like, it's just kind of the heat of the moment. Or it's not well, like I'm you, sure you're... i get exhausting. Like, I I know well, it's not when like I've you... been on the other side that it, it, does, it does get exhausting. It's hard yeah. to constantly be the children and be like, hey, let's go be happy. Let's go do fun. You know, yeah. have fun. And have the person be like, nah, whatever, you know, and, and kind of shit on your your plans. And so I've been, been that person, you know, and I, and so I totally am empathetic of your situation of you having to be like the cheerleader and, and constantly feeling like you need to be to carry this relationship. Right. Like, yeah, I, I know that that's exhausting, but I mean, it's not like a daily, it's not just like you being empathetic or you having like lack of, motivation or lack of drive to do things that you like to do it's um i feel like everyone when you're in a bad mood it's like you listen to music that's sad or you watch sad movies like you (laughs) you're kind of just like (laughs) you want to put yourself in a worse mood or something yeah it's weird how that works yeah but it's like so you you get in these not like I keep saying you, and I don't mean you, but people in, get in general people. Yeah, people get in these moods, and then they just get like kind of self-destructive. Like, well, I just fucking suck at everything, 
And so it's it's when you get like that where you say comments that are not something you not how you act every day. It's more of like a you just like being extra destructive being in a mood where you're extra destructive on yourself where I find myself being kind of like come on dude like don't talk like that I don't know how to explain it but where I find myself getting frustrated yeah and I think the hardest thing for me within the past couple of weeks as, as this thing, and I feel like it's getting worse and you had recommended that I go to see a doctor and he's so quick. Like I love my doctor probably for this reason, because he is so quick to throw medicine at me. Yeah. You know, like I could go to him and be like, look, dude, I'm bummed out. I feel like I'm depressed. I'm, you know, and I could explain the symptoms to him and he'd be like, okay, you know, let's, uh, let's get you on some Zoloft. Yeah. And let's get this started or let's get you on this. And he'll immediately throw throw things at me. And I and I'm not saying that I should not be medicated. Like I totally I've I've done antidepressants before, you know, the the happy pills. I've I've done that before. And I and I've done Zoloft and You feel like it's helped? I don't. I think that it helped I think that I put on weight when I did it, which caused more, more depression, depression. Yeah. And it completely sucked any sex drive out of me. Yeah. Like I was just completely like apathetic and i think that is bad for you yeah right like all of a sudden you're like hey i get self-conscious right because you're trying to initiate sex and i'm all not having it i'm all no i don't want to yeah and you're like okay well that's a personal rejection so now i'm depressed so no i I haven't found that it's been been a good thing and so uh, that is my my resistance to to going and talking to him now should i be talking to a therapist absolutely like i totally 100 percent Hey, I should. The good thing about you being unemployed, so the biggest frustration when we were trying to find a couples therapist, yeah, um, like a licensed family clinical social worker, right? They're like, okay, um, I'm open in three weeks from now on Wednesday at 11 a.m. Yeah, and we're like, cool, we fucking work full time jobs. Um, Plus we can't we just to, leave. We wanted to go with Ellie, and she's in school. Yeah. So, well, we wanted to do both. Right. Well, we wanted to do individual, couple, and family. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're just a big bunch of <laughs> fucked up. But now... A great big you know, bunch of fucked up. That's funny. You don't have a job, so you can go to these, like... Yeah, I can go at 11 o'clock Weird in the times. Well, and plus I'm on your... Don't you get... Like, don't you have something, like, through oh, your work? Like, a the, work... What's it called? The... Employee... Employee assistance, assistance program. Yeah. And I so, think there's actually... A thing coming up that talks about that yeah. at my work. So, so I need to find out about that. I was headed somewhere with that. I had a thought, something I wanted to say. So I have noticed it getting worse. So I I, I feel like <clears throat> it it is progressing to the point of where it is it is a struggle for me. Like I I am getting to that point where like I would rather just be in bed, you know. Um, yeah. And I. I find myself more emotional and crying and or more despondent before, you know, like I've been trying to build up my own website and build up my own blog and I just haven't 
like I'll sit there and look at it and just get pissed and get frustrated because I can't think of anything to write. And so I just get angry and that just kind of fuels my, my feelings of inadequacy. And my, my biggest struggles right now, like if I'm being perfectly honest, my, my biggest struggle is combating these absolutely, uh, what am I trying to say? Is, is combating very intense and very real feelings of worthlessness. And I'm lucky in that I'm, I'm aware of it. And so I'm not drinking like I want to be, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not getting drunk during the day, you know, I'm not using drugs. And I'm, and so in that aspect, I think I'm doing good. I'm not going to the gym. Like I know that I need to, but I'm also not letting myself indulge into that behavior, you know, into that destructive behavior of, of drinking or of eating shit just all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm, I don't feel like my diet has changed with my depression and I'm not drinking anymore than I normally would. And I'm not using drugs or I'm not, I'm not indulging, I guess, in self-destructive behaviors that my mind is telling me that I should be. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're not like purposely trying to mask your right. Feelings. Like I'm not taping, taking sleeping pills to, at night just to escape. And so on that end, I feel like I am doing very good, and that's that's a relief to me because I know how quickly that you know how dangerous that slope is. You know, once you get going down that road. I know how dangerous that can be. Well, and you have addiction in your family. Right. You know, I have alcoholism in my in my family and and even beyond the alcoholism in my family, we are a very um addictive people. <laughs> I guess they say like my brother and I like when it comes to like hobbies um my brother and I like we we obsess. Like I don't know if people you know, my dad is, is kind of that way, but my brother and I feel like are a lot worse who once they have an idea or a hobby or something pursue it so relentlessly that it becomes literally consuming, all consuming. Yeah. That there is nothing they can think about or talk about until that need, whether it's to buy something or to go somewhere or to do something has been fulfilled, has been met. My brother and I are absolutely insatiable when it comes to to those types of things so i think we have a very addictive personalities in in that capacity so with that in mind my biggest struggle then is feeling worthless and in addition to like these feelings of worthlessness there and I don't want to exaggerate this or blow it out of proportion. So I'm trying to figure out how to, to say this because in my mind, it is tough for me to remember a day that has gone by in the last couple of weeks, maybe even more than that, where I have not expressed to myself how worthless I am and how much I hate myself and how I provide zero value to you or, you know, a potential employer. That's, and that's not to say, to take away, like, I, I understand, like, 
for Wild and for Ellie, like I, I understand the value that I to, that I bring, and so I don't want to like diminish that as my role as a father. But as a provider, and as just somebody with a, a, a potential for f- great things, or to help you along your path, and to get out, you know, into a nicer house, or to to achieve some of our goals that we have, I feel absolutely completely worthless and there have been times within the last month like i'd have like a day or two or a week at a time where you know you can remember like i feel fucking amazing and i'm just like we're gonna do all these great things and i'm gonna make all this money and here's how and i get on these super super highs where like the sky's the limit and i feel just absolutely invincible and then i'll see somebody you know i'm really really bad at comparisons i'll see that somebody posts something as some success that they've had or something that they've been able to accomplish or or i'll have some minor minor setback and immediately all of that positive energy all of those good things that i had had told myself that were going to happen that i had had kind of convinced myself just immediately come come crashing down and I'm left worse off than than before and and I don't know how to dig out I really don't and I think that's been the hardest thing for me is is to wake up and and try and act and trying to put on a, a smiley face amidst all these rejections with jobs when I don't even necessarily want to work at those companies and that's the weirdest thing about it that's what's so ironic is I'm applying for these jobs that I don't necessarily want. I just want to be wanted. And being rejected by people without so much as a phone call actually should be less painful than if you had been like met in person and been rejected. Mm-hmm. Cuz right now they're just they don't know me at all. They're rejecting a piece of paper. They're rejecting my resume. Yeah. Which just means it's a shitty resume. Which shouldn't hurt, but at the same time it does. Because I know they're not they're not judging me or my skill set. They're not judging me as a talented person. They're merely saying this person doesn't have the criteria that we're looking for. Yeah. Not that this person has the criteria we're looking for, but just isn't good enough. Right. They're just saying this person doesn't have the experience, so we're not going to bother wasting our time talking to them, which should be less painful than going through the whole interview process and then being like, sorry, we went with someone else. You're not good enough. Yeah. So right now they're not rejecting me as a person, they're rejecting my my resume. But there is still this lingering thing that I can't shake that, that keeps me believing that I'm never going to be good enough or smart enough or talented enough to be successful i know and i don't know where that came from maybe that's what therapy will help me find out i don't know what caused that but i am chronically a self self self-defeating i have zero self-esteem And 
I have zero capacity, maybe not zero, but I, I have, I feel like little capacity to see the good in myself or to see how anything that I have to offer would be a benefit to someone else. really makes me sad because I see all of your potential and I just wish you could see what I see. Me too. And I wish you could see mm-hmm. what I see in you. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where we're at as a couple, you know, and, and this, you know, we, we like to joke and say like, this is marriage. Like when we talk about poop and, and talk about kind of lots of stuff, I, I, I honestly think, you know, how many of you listening to this look, you know, looking at your, your partner, looking at your significant other, know that you, they might, you know, that they might be suffering from these same thoughts Yeah. or how many of you are and, and don't want to tell, you know, I tell your significant other, like I, I struggle with this because I know when I express my own doubt, self doubt, Ash takes it personally. A lot of times she sees it and it's not intended this way, but she, and she can't control it. But I think that you see it as like a personal defect in yourself. Like, What's wrong with me that I'm not able to help him, right? I'm not able yeah. to, well, to like fix a, him or I'm not able to, I'm not enough for him that he can't be happy with me. Well, and I'm like a helper by nature. And right. so You're I take it personally when I can't daughter. fix a problem. Right. And so it's hard for me because I, I keep saying like, well, what do I, what can I do to help you? And you don't know. And I don't know. And it might be out of both of our control, but, and I feel like this time I haven't really, I've been good about not taking it personally, yeah, I agree. but it still affects me. I still want to help you. Like, I love you and I obviously care about you more than anything. And it makes me sad when you're sad. There's like an article I started reading that basically said, if some one person in the relationship is depressed, the marriage is depressed. Yeah. Because your mood affects me and vice versa. And if you are feeling sad or whatever you're feeling, I'm going to mimic that because especially because I'm like the world's most empathetic person and right. it's like not even I don't even consider it a gift. It's a fucking curse, curse. and I hate it. But I, and so I just want to help you and I can't help you and it's hard not to be able to help you and to watch you suffer through this and know that there's nothing I can do. Well, and you ask and and I love that you do and you're always like, what can... Sorry. Kick the table again. (laughs) I hit it with my knee. Um, You ask like, what can, what can I do? What can I do? How can I help you? And I always say like, just be patient. Just stay with me. And you're like, well, of course, like that's, that's a given, right? you know, be patient and, and just just hold my hand through this, even though it sucks, just be there and don't give up on me. Which sounds like easy, but you, it's not, when you, and you, it's not easy for a lot of people. It's not no. like common sense for when some you say couples. That, yeah. And you say like, well, of course like that's a given, like duh, but it's not. And, and you've been, you know, it's, it's hard to be 
in this place and fear that your partner won't understand and is going to bail. And so you keep it to yourself. And luckily I've never felt that way with you. Like I've never questioned your commitment to our relationship. You know, I've never questioned like, Oh shit, if I tell this to Ash, she's going to get scared and she's going to bail. And so I, I have that trust in you and I have that confidence that you and I can have these, these very difficult conversations that we can be open with each other. And that makes it so much easier on me as I, as I struggle with this, but I can't imagine being in this boat, but then having a partner where I'm like, if I tell her how I'm feeling, if I allow myself to be vulnerable and I tell her, this is where I'm at, she's going to bail. And so I better just keep it to myself and bottle it up and just get through it by myself. Yeah. And, and so I thank you for that, but it's not a, it's not a given. And, you know, so I think there are relationships out there that one, one or more party, like, you you know, you, you can be in this relationship where both of you are feeling this way. Neither one confides, can confide in the other. And that's not a healthy relationship either, you know? And, and so I thank God that I have always been able to feel comfortable. I could tell you, Ash, I'm depressed and I don't know what to do about it. Ash, you know, I'm, these are the feelings that I have. And I, in my mind, much like your anxiety, like in my mind, I understand that it's not realistic. Logically, I can tell you, I understand. I know that my feelings of worthlessness are are not justified. But that doesn't make them go away. Yeah, That doesn't make me all of a sudden able to wake up and look in the mirror and see value. That like makes it harder, I think, because you know that they're not true, but you can't help but feel that way. Yeah, like I don't, I don't believe that you're the type of person that would just like blow smoke at my ass just because, you know, yeah. like if you didn't think that I could write, you probably would say, "Hey, baby, like, let's take some classes, you know, or let's work on it. if this is really what you want, let's get better." Yeah. But, you know, and I don't feel like all the people in my life that I know that have told me that I'm talented are blowing smoke at my ass. But that doesn't change the fact that I don't believe them because I can't see it in myself. And I'm chronically, I am for whatever reason, broken in that I cannot, I cannot accept a compliment and you get so frustrated with me. You get so mad. I can't accept a compliment and I cannot believe people when they tell me I am good and that I am worthy and that I am capable and talented. About anything. No. Not just like work or whatever, but about anything so that's where we're at yeah this is marriage guys (laughs) (laughs) um and it i guess like as naive as i was i kind of just like was waiting and waiting i've been waiting for this to like pass but then as I was like doing research for tonight, the things I'm reading 
Um, and with how bad, I guess, yours is, your depression is getting, it's like, oh, this is bigger than both of us. And especially where you said, like, there's a lot of, like, root issues that we don't even know about that are causing these feelings. It's kind of like the uh, Joe Rogan. Was that who it was that you were watching? Or no, the other the, dude. The video that I sent you? No, the one about just like, oh, I need to lose weight. Oh, uh, Tim Robbins. Yeah, Tom. Tom. No. J- Bob. <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> Steve. No. <laughs> no, it's Tom. Phil. <laughs> Robbins is right. Tony. Tony Robbins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> but it it it's the same thing of well i mean you'd probably tell the story better but the girl saying she needs to lose weight and then he pries and pries and pries and pries and pries into her and then it's like oh i feel all of these ways because of issues with my dad or yeah whatever yeah yeah the root of it was not like she didn't need to control her diet because she wanted to lose weight. It was the the fact that she needed to. She felt like she needed to lose weight in order to be worthy of love from from a man, which stemmed back to her having never felt like her father loved her, and so she was trying to do all these things to change her her physical appearance to try and earn love from you know dates or whatever men in her life. Yeah. Which in reality was a failed effort because ultimately it was never, it was treating a symptom, not the the cause. And I feel like that's what antidepressants for either of us would do. But especially in your case right now, it wouldn't, you're not going to get better by taking antidepressants necessarily. So I feel like the best next steps for us would be, you know, I'll look into my um, employee assistance. Right. And get some recommendations or some phone numbers that I can call. Yeah. Because I'm willing to do the work. It's not like I'm hesitant to do it. I have a therapist that I went to before, and this is totally not relevant anymore. <laughs> like we've exceeded. Now Now it's just you and I talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it always is. I feel well, like. I know. <laughs> but I, I've seen someone before. But I'm hesitant to reach out again because, again, I don't necessarily have a, a strong, consistent, stable income, and she's not on our insurance, and so it would be like 120 bucks a session or something like that. And so, Is she on my insurance, though? No, I don't think so. I don't remember what. I think she's on like Blue Cross Blue Shield or something. Oh, which is funny because that's the other option in my work. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I honestly don't know. I haven't looked her up in years, so I don't, I don't know what, she, what she's on. But I mean, if we can get free assistance, we should. Sure. Well. Yeah, hell's yeah. So anyway, therapy is expensive, but hundred percent worthwhile. I believe that. Oh yeah. Um, so guys, if you if you are feeling worthless, if you are in a relationship, and you are keeping this from your partner, don't like have that conversation. Like it, it's difficult and it sucks, and and I cry, and I I hate being the guy that confesses to his wife like these things because. You know, there's again this this idea that as a man, you know, you should just suck it up and and control it. And the ashes, my wife 
doesn't want to know the weaknesses in her husband because then she'll think less of me as a man and my ability to protect her. It's actually the opposite. Like, yeah. I think more of you for being willing to, like, admit yeah. these things and to be vulnerable, you know. But being no. vulnerable is, like, a powerful thing. Yeah. Well, I think that it drives intimacy, too. Like, if you are, if you don't feel like you can trust that person, there's a reason there. Like, yeah. If there's something holding you back from being vulnerable with your partner, that's something you should maybe look into. But anyway, Ash, I want to honor you and, and tell you how grateful I am for you never giving up and, you know, being patient and, you know, Thanks. I love you. And I love you. I, I feel the same about you. I mean, I, I, you know, you've gone through a lot of shit with my issues insecurities and depression and anxiety and family stuff so yeah i appreciate you too and i'm grateful for you so you know i'm never i'm never gonna give you up never gonna give you up never gonna, gonna let, let you down you. all right guys i'm porter i'm ashley this has been another episode of this is marriage check uh, us out on the facebook at uh this is marriage support group um, and on the old Instagram at, at this is marriage podcast. And if you ever want to find previous episodes um, of the show and you, for whatever reason, can't find it on iTunes or Google or Stitcher or Spotify, you could go to this is marriage podcast.com and find our entire 18 episode um, library there. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, share, share with a friend. You know, if you got someone that's going through some shit, this might help them be like, oh my God, at least these people, this isn't my life. I feel so much better about who I am after having listened to these idiots. And on a more serious note, if you are feeling hopeless or yeah, don't have anyone to talk to, um, call the suicide prevention line. I'll the The number is 1-800-273-TALK. Or email us. At this is marriage podcast at gmail.com. We will talk to you. We yeah, will but be we're there. not available 24 7. No, so. we're not. But I'm saying if you ever want to talk, you know, if you feel like you just don't have anybody out and you want to shoot the shit, send me an email. Ash yeah. and I will, we got no one to talk to. We'll, but each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, and I appreciate you, Ash, for, for bringing that back because, in all seriousness, this is, it's a big issue. And there are people out there who want to talk to you. And yeah. You're loved. You may not know it or feel it or recognize it, but you're loved. Yeah. You're needed. Yep. Oh, well. Yep, I know. That got teary. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, we love you. Um, bye. Bye. Have a good night. Ooh.